0: This is the BroStorm Sports Podcast, and this week's episode, we give out NBA preseason awards, NFL takeaways, and as always, recap our best bets. Spoiler, we were five and one last week. We talk a little bit about small hands, but somehow didn't get to Nick Saban's height this week. It's a good one. Be sure to subscribe. Welcome into BroStorm Sports. It is Monday, October 24th. We're coming to you for our fourth episode of the Bro Storm Sports podcast. I'm your host, Sasha Bushka. As always, I'm joined by my brother, Scott Bushka. He's wearing a backwards hat tonight, trying to hide some of his dadliness on the podcast. And also joined by Intern P, who somehow also has a backwards hat on. Probably had a few too many shots of rumplements tonight. How are we doing today, fellas?
1: I am somewhat depressed after that. Um, I have to apologize to you guys. I thought that we here at Bro Storm Sports were going to have a perfect week of picks. We're five and zero going into tonight's Pats Bears game in New England. I made a take it to the bank proclamation that the Pats were going to cover seven and a half. They did not come close. I'm very depressed. Um, I'll be bro storming with Boulevard today as a way to drown my sorrows. Sorry, fellas. Yeah, glad to be great. here with you.
0: It looked like Bailey Zappi was going to jump in there and save the day for you, but it was short-lived.
1: Yeah, what? I don't know what happened. Bailey Zappi comes in, they score fourteen points in like less than three minutes, and then some. I I still am very confused how Justin Fields, after not scoring more than fifteen points all season, hung thirty three on Bill Belichick. But yeah, I guess we'll. Save the complaining for another day.
0: It felt like the Patriots couldn't catch a rhythm. Uh, Bears dominated the game on the ground, and pretty much it felt like the Patriots never had the ball in the second half. When they got it, they'd throw a tip ball interception, so on and so forth, yada, yada, yada. You guys saw the game, uh, and we're going to get into our best bets and how we went 5-1 last week and our new bets for next week all later in the show. Uh, but another thing happened this week, the NBA season got started off in earnest. So we have a, uh, we have a bro source topic to start off the show today. Uh, this came from Taylor Cannell in Portland, Oregon, friend of the show. Um, and we're going to start out with some NBA preseason awards. Um, head nerd of the show came up with some cool ones for us to pick this week, uh, NBA preseason <laughs> awards. So Scott, I'm going to just turn it over to you. And, uh, what are we going to pick first?
1: Yeah. So we have, um, well, I think a multitude of, of awards we're picking here. Uh, these, these were also bro sourced NBA preseason awards, uh, most blatant tank job of the season, most dysfunctional team intern will pick a social media MVP, the Kyrie Irving award for the worst teammate in the supporting role. And then the cliff Kingsbury award for the worst coach of the year. Yes. We're mixing sports there. Um, so what, I guess we we start with the most blatant tank job of the season?
0: Yeah, it seems like that was at the top of the list. Um, I have a team in mind, and I'll, I guess I'll just go first on this one. Um, this is kind of a, a preseason tank job, and I don't think it has to do with how hard they're going to play on the court because this team has a history of, of trying to win games, and it kind of looks like a stupid pick right now because I believe at last glance they're they're already 3-0 and this year. But the Utah Jazz traded away their best two players, plus like their next best supporting role player in Royce O'Neal best two players being Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell uh they very clearly want to get into the sweep stock sweep stakes for win by win Benyana? did I say that right? yeah, win Benyana and uh Intern in P is going to fact check that they've, one. They've got a ton of draft picks, so whether it comes as their own draft pick or somebody else's draft pick that they acquired in one of those trades, uh, it looks like the Utah Jazz are, are building for the future and could potentially tank this year.
1: Yeah, I had the same. I had the same team in the Utah Jazz. I think ever. I think everyone does. If tanking is not an issue in the NBA this year, it probably should be. Commissioner Silver has actually come out and said he's worried about it because um, Victor Wimbanyama, I believe that's right. That looks Um, a
2: little better, yeah.
1: Okay, all right. Thanks, intern P. Um, He's As we learned last week, I think he's a pronunciation expert. Um, He, by all accounts, is probably the best uh, prospect coming out of the draft since probably LeBron James in 2003. He's 7'3", shoots like KD um and and moves like i don't know most 6768 power forward so the belief is that a lot of people might be might be tanking um i had the jazz as well they're 3 and 0 um but danny Ainge is their gm and if if they win too many more games he's going to start faking injuries putting people on time restrictions doing whatever he can to get that first pick so i had the same team it really should be the Lakers, which this is kind of a funny thing. The the Lakers are 0-3. Their team, their shooting's absolutely atrocious. I was gonna give an award or I thought we should give an award for the team that's gonna set the NBA back at least 50 years in terms of the offense they're running. Um, but the funny thing is is that they don't have their first round pick. Um if they were to if they were to lose all their games, their first round pick goes to the New Orleans Pelicans because of the Anthony yeah. Davis trade. So they literally can't tank. So basically, the New Orleans
0: Pelicans are the front runners for Wimbenyana without even having to lose games because the Lakers are pretty Correct. bad so
1: far this year. The Lakers are are really bad. I um I haven't looked up the latest numbers after last night's game, but I think they were something like seventeen for eighty three, shooting three pointers the first two games of the season, and then they were worse yesterday against the Blazers.
0: Yeah, I saw a highlight. LeBron James had a pretty sweet logo three with 11 seconds left on the shot clock that didn't even catch net.
1: <laughs> you uh, well, that wasn't even the best part of the The best part of that game is when Russell Wilson came down. They were up uh, Russell Wilson. Uh, I'm getting I'm getting um, Russell Westbrook mixed up mixed up with Russell Wilson, but they're effectively at this point the same player, um, whether you're talking football or basketball uh westbrook came down with 30 seconds left in the game they're up one and instead of taking all the time and trying to get a good shot he fires a 17 footer which if you know anything about westbrook he's not very good at making 17 footers bangs it off the backboard dame hits a three they lose they're not good that
0: uh i think that's that's we we kind of got the idea on the blatant tank job and i think we're kind of leading ourselves into the next one. So I'm just going to go there. The next uh, bro storm preseason award for the NBA is most dysfunctional team. And I'll let you go first on this one, Scott.
1: Yeah, that's a excellent transition. Sasha. Uh, Sasha did not see my notes before this. Uh, I had three teams listed the nets, which is obvious the Sixers, which was not obvious, but they're, I believe. zero and three three games into this and they, they certainly, I think have some dysfunction on the horizon. Um, but I'm going with the Lakers here. They've got two superstars. Um, neither of which can really shoot that well right now. They've got a third and Russell Westbrook. Who's making 47 million thinks he's an all-star. Um, wouldn't be good enough to play on most teams. Um, you know, as, as a bench player on most teams, They don't have a single guy on the team that can shoot. Russell Westbrook and Pat Beverly hate each other. They've got a first-year head coach. Um, I think it's going to get ugly pretty quickly there. The only way out for them is to trade Russell Westbrook, um, which will probably be easier come the trade deadline just because he's on a $47 million expiring contract. Um, But I think it's going to be pretty ugly before then. And uh, like, like we talked about, it would actually be okay if they could just shit the bed for the whole year and lose 72 games and get the first pick, which is the generational talent. They don't even have that first pick, so they're going to be searching for ways out, and I think it's going to get worse before it gets better in LA.
0: Yeah, I I, I can't disagree with that. I can't help but notice, what is it about that early 2010s Oklahoma City Thunder team that breeds dysfunctionality in 2022? Like Harden, Westbrook, Durant are all on teams that could be candidates for, for most dysfunctional team. You mentioned the Sixers, James Harden, you've got Westbrook and the Lakers and then Durant just, I mean, it's more of the fact that he's on a team that includes Kyrie Irving. So you're always a candidate for most dysfunctional. Um, I'll go in another direction. Uh, It's actually breaking news kind of because it just happened tonight and there's not that much. Not much else has come out about it. So I don't know if it's a big deal, little deal or no deal, But uh, apparently, Jalen Green and Jabari Parker were fighting on the bench tonight for the Houston Rockets. So that could be an interesting uh, four way into their uh, first or their last two years top draft picks not liking each other. So we'll see how that one plays out. But since
1: you took the answer, are you beating Woj? Are you beating Woj to the punch on this?
0: Woj might have been the one who told me about it, but. I don't think I'm beating anyone to the punch. I saw it as a notification on my phone. So if you have a cell phone, you could have already found out about this, but we might be the first podcast to actually be talking about it. If we can get it out quick enough tomorrow. (laughs) It's a good point. Pearson, you got any dysfunction? I feel like we should let intern be in on this a little bit.
2: Did you mean Jabari Smith there? You said Jabari Parker. I I did mean Jabari Smith. See, that's what we have you here for Pearson. I heard that and I was like, Javari Parker's washed." So
0: yeah, yeah, I'm. I'd be very think, surprised if he's even on a team still. Is he?
2: I, mm-hmm. I'm looking him up right now. I I don't see it.
1: I think we just. I think we bring Intern P in in his area of expertise for the next award, which is the NBA social media MVP for the 2022-2023 season.
2: Who you got, Intern P? Um, I got Kevin Durant with all of his burners, not his actual account, but I think that dude has like six Twitter burners that he just chirps everybody on. I love it. I love the confidence that he has with that. <laughs> yeah, but his actual really Twitter's is. his actual Twitter's whatever. But his burners are electric. You can find him.
1: Do you think he is the most um, sensitive superstar to what fans say about him that we've had in the history of sports?
2: I mean, he's just on the forefront. He was so good from the time he started, and I just think he let that get it to his head. all. I, so, I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, who else it, on the top of your head can you think of, just in general? Scottie Pippen? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs>
0: Dude, if Scottie Pippen would have played in this era, I don't know if him and Jordan would have lasted.
1: <laughs> Scottie Pippen has been it going increasingly spiraling downhill. Yeah, the social media era would not have been good for Scottie Pippen. I do you know, Interp, do you know if KD is single? And if so, has he been attempting to slide into Giselle's DMs?
2: No, but there was rumors that he was with like Lana Rhodes. I don't know if you know who that is, but she's pretty famous on the, the no interwebs. Idea. Okay, you maybe look it up on your private browser on your phone. <laughs>
1: like, like not on my work
2: computer. <laughs> yeah, not on your work computer, but. Uh, <laughs> That was, by the
0: way, the most Gen Z analysis ever. That the fact that Kevin Durant has six burner accounts makes him confident.
1: <laughs> I don't even. Yeah, I don't even. Uh, yeah, I don't even know what that means. I didn't understand every, most of that.
2: Everyone sentence. knows he has burners, but he doesn't care, and yeah, I love it. I I bet
0: you most of his burners get like people who really follow NBA Twitter probably just address his burner accounts as. Hey Kevin, what's going on? Cuz they they know. Nodding in approval. I'll take it. All sorry, right, I've
1: I, reached I, my, I've reached my my um social media expertise and our analysis. All right. Next
0: award, we've got the Kyrie Irving Award for the worst teammate in a supporting role.
1: Um I just want to be clear, can't you cannot choose the person who the award is named after, correct?
0: Uh, I mean, I feel like some people win awards that have their name on them, but we'll say, we'll say no for this case. Yeah,
1: okay. I feel like Kyrie should be off the table because he's – it's kind of like how Jokic has won the MVP two years in a row. You can't win in a third year. Like, Kyrie's the reigning, reigning, reigning – Uh, worst teammate in a supporting role winner. So I'm going to go in another direction. I had three names uh, Russell Westbrook uh, DeAndre Ayton which is probably not fair although I just I just feel like his relationship. I just feel like he's going to get sour quickly in Phoenix and things are going to go south there Um, things between him and Monty Williams are not well Uh, and then the third one is Draymond Green solely because you really shouldn't be knocking out your teammates in practice um as a general rule but i'm going to go with russell westbrook um largely because he's such like he's not good anymore he still thinks he's good um he's such a narcissist that even when they're up one he's firing up 17 footers with 20 seconds left on the shot clock as the you know game run down runs down and i just don't think Russell Westbrook is out for Russell Westbrook. Um and as we've already discussed, I think it's going to lead to a lot of dysfunction. So I'm I'm going with Russell Westbrook.
0: I can't really disagree with that. Like I feel like Kyrie Irving and Russell Westbrook are pretty much neck and neck for having this award named after them. I I do disagree with the other two that you said though. I don't think anyone on the Warriors I I I realize that Draymond Green probably shouldn't have punched the lights out of his teammate. Uh, as much as Steve Kerr does love getting his own lights punched out and maybe loves seeing it on the court. But I don't think anyone on the Warriors would say that Draymond Green's a bad teammate if you ask them. I I just don't think there's that sentiment there. Uh, Ayton, he got put in a tough spot because they're like, they basically wanted him out of town and then only signed him because they they had to because they couldn't let him walk for nothing. Uh, So until he shows that he's going to do something, to make himself a bad teammate, I'm I'm not going to put that label on him at this point. Now, if he can't get along with Monty Williams, then yeah, maybe it ends up that way. Uh, But I would, I would say Westbrook is the fairly, fairly obvious choice there. Um, Interesting question. Who's like, if Russell Westbrook and Pat Beverly end up going to fist the cuffs and killing each other on the court, like who, who's more important to the Lakers? Because I'm not a Pat Beverly guy either.
1: I mean, I, I think without question, and I don't know. Have I, I watched actually the first um, couple of their games this year. I think without question, that answers Pat Beverly. And the reason is because he can still defend and they're a substantially better defensive team when he's on the court. They also don't have another point guard.
0: Yeah, I, I so I don't disagree with you. The reason I asked the question is it's crazy. Like three years ago, if you would have said who's going to be more valuable to, to a team, Patrick Beverly or Russell Westbrook, and the answer was Patrick Beverly, people would have thought it was a crazy world we live in. So it's it's oh, how the mighty have fallen with Russell Westbrook. Intern P, you got any yeah. anything to add about
2: worst teammates? No, but I think that they should send Russell Westbrook back to the Thunder. He should go back to OKC this year they're tanking he can do whatever he wants there one yeah, last shoot for he the is, fans he's the ultimate mentor for your young players so i think that's a he's great not idea. yeah i don't know i think it would be i mean they need losses dude they're going <laughs> yeah, for Wimbayama. they need they want him stunt the development of josh giddy that's a
0: great idea
1: oh, yeah man, be i so think if good, you dude. They, you're right that they need losses i think if you bring westbrook in he'd get you 3 wins by scoring like 47 points that you didn't want and, and yeah, shits on all your young guys to the point that they want to leave.
2: Yeah. So he is the worst teammate. All right.
0: We've, we've, we've beat the dead Russell Westbrook long enough. Let's go on to the next award. Uh, this is a good one Cliff Kingsbury <laughs> award for the worst
1: coach of the year. <laughs> I really like that Cliff Kingsbury is so bad that we're crossing over, crossing over sports form here. Um, I, I- uh, i'll go I'll go first here. Uh, I had I think it's gonna be Doc Rivers. I think he's got one of the best um, one of the best rosters in the league, and he's gonna somehow manage to finish like seventh or eighth in the Eastern Conference. Um, I'm not sure he makes it the whole season if things keep going the way that they do. I will say I've got my eye on Steve Nash um, just because I don't think he's been great in either of the years that he's there, So I got my eye on him. And I want to make an honorable mention to Ime Yudoka just for not being there for his team the entire year. I don't know if he's eligible, but he at least deserves the mention.
0: Yeah, that's fair. So I was going through a list of the NBA coaches, kind of trying to figure out who I wanted to say on this. And it, it seems like every NBA coach is either a proven winner who's like won a championship or won a lot of games in the NBA or is too soon to tell. Like either a first year coach or they've only coached a team that's intentionally been tanking. So it's really hard to label someone as like Cliff Kingsbury bad. And I, as I go through the list, like I saw the name Mike Brown. And then I went on, I like that. I went on to his record on Wikipedia and he's got like, he's got like an over 600 winning percentage as a head coach. But he's essentially only coached teams that had LeBron James on him. So I'm just going to go with it. I'm going to go with Mike Brown. Uh, he's coaching the the Kings, I believe. Sacramento Kings. No one's, no one's been successful there. Um, he's just been kind of like riding the coattails of anyone who coaches for Steve Kerr now essentially gets an, another head coaching job at some point And Mike Brown accomplished that feat and I, I don't think he's going to do anything with the kings so i'll just go mike brown for worst coach of the year
1: yeah i i like that i think it's a relatively safe bet Sasha, i wonder if cuz we're we're running a little long here it's probably my fault we did have some serious awards i wonder if we just run try to run through those relatively quickly see if, see if we can get the people some halfway real analysis
0: yeah sure um breakout player of the year uh, i've got josh giddy I'll just give you all three of mine. I got Josh Giddy for breakout player of the year. Chet Holmgren is, is not playing uh, out the whole year. They're going to need somebody to give them some kind of punch. Uh, they might be trying to lose games, but on an NBA team, always someone's going to score and put up numbers. Josh Giddey's basically their team. Uh, most surprising team of the year, uh, I, I put the Cleveland Cavaliers, although I don't know how surprising it'll be to people that they're good. But I think they're going to be pretty good. And uh, championship picks—it's uh, pretty boring. I, I, almost, I almost went Denver Nuggets as like a non-boring pick with, uh, with getting some of their players back from injury. But I went Warriors over Bucks. So don't nothing to write home about there.
1: I can't argue with any of that. I didn't really, I couldn't really come out with a good name for breakout player of the year. Giddy's a really good one. The name that I that kept coming to my mind was Palo Buncaro but I don't even know if that counts like as a as a rookie number one overall pick who everyone knows is gonna be good. So that's kind of a bullshit answer. Josh Giddy's much better. My most surprising team of the year, you're gonna call it a homer team, but I had the Blazers. They're three and and0 It seems like the work they did in the offseason with um Grant and Shaden Sharp, both who are playing really well with and they re-signed Anthony Simons. Um, seems like they they have a pretty good squad together. They're 3-0, so I'm going with the Blazers. And then I also had, unexciting, but I just kept looking at it, and I had the Warriors and the Bucks in the finals. I'm going to take Bucks over Warriors. Um, but I just, like, I was the same as you. In the Eastern Conference, like, I don't trust the Celtics just because they have a first-year, 34-year-old head coach. Um, Sixers are a debacle. Heat, no. And Nets, like we've already talked about. Uh, and then in the West, like, I could talk myself into Denver. Um, I could talk myself into the Grizzlies, but I but I just think they're both probably a piece away. And the Suns and Mavs both took a step backwards. So, yeah, I got Bucks over
2: Warriors. Nice. Pete, you got a championship pick? <clears throat> yeah, but I, my breakout player of the year is um, Herb Jones I don't, of the New Orleans Pelicans. He's a defensive right? wizard out there. He's... I think he's like 6'10", just raw athleticism. I think he's going to get his game going in the offense. So Where do you and go to college, My most P? surprising team... Uh, I don't know. You stumped me on that one. I don't know. Do you know? Alabama. A- Alabama, right? Mm, yeah, I don't know that. Uh, but my most surprising team, I'm going to go with the Pelicans because they have Zion back, uh, Herb Jones, Zion Williamson, and Brandon Ingram, and they have CJ McCollum still. So I think they're going to be dark horses this year yeah that's not bad and then I had the I had the championship as the Nuggets and the 76ers I think Joel Embiid and James Harden together are gonna get it they're gonna start clicking you think Doc Rivers is a good coach he was like 12 years ago when the Celtics were good but he hasn't done anything since so no I would say no right now it's kind of like when Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers were good at playing QB they're still good well not Tom Brady
0: he's he's washed uh, we might have a Rogerless and Bradyless NFL next year, which leads me into my next point. We're going to go to break. This segment was brought to you by Hi Fi Productions. On the other side of the break, we're going to get into our bread and butter. Are Rogers and Brady washed up in the NFL takeaways in general? Stay with us. Welcome back into Bro Storm Sports. We're going to get you some NFL takeaways in this next segment. But uh, beforehand, as Scott and I tend to do when intern P talks, we both kind of zoned out when he was giving his NBA championship <laughs> picks. Didn't realize he didn't give us a winner. So, P, you had the Nuggets and 76ers. Who do you got winning?
2: I got the Nuggets. I'm taking the Big Quesarito, Nikola Jokic. He's going to have an <laughs> amazing the big, year. The Big Quesarito. Can you explain yeah. that nickname? <laughs> When he got drafted, it was a commercial. They didn't even show him on TV. It was a Taco Bell commercial. They call him (laughs) the Big Quesarito. (laughs) That's incredible.
0: (laughs) That's incredible that Jokic got beat out by a Taco Bell commercial.
1: (laughs) Have you guys happened to see the creepy-ass Russell Wilson subway commercials?
2: Yes, they're very appalling, to say the least. Dude,
1: Russell Wilson might be... He's definitely my least favorite... I know we're not giving out NFL awards. He's definitely my least favorite NFL player. Yeah. And apparently all of his teammates, least favorite teammate.
0: I would say your hate for Russell Wilson sounds pretty
1: unlimited. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of of not paying attention to intern P, I did learn an interesting thing in preparation for this show, which is that um, Sasha does the printing for intern P. Usually, like typically, the intern does all the printing. But it turns out in this relationship, Sasha does prints out the show notes and takes them down to Intern P's desk, which yeah. I thought was weird. I, I do most of the coffee making as well. It's <laughs> it's a bit of role reversal. I feel like we might need to. Did we write a formal job description for Intern P?
0: We might need him to submit to. his application at this point. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I can do that. I could I can whip it up for you. I'm yeah. proficient in Microsoft Excel, so that's pretty good for you. Define proficient. We don't want to spend too much time on this, but if you've ever seen Scott in Excel,
0: <laughs> I don't think you'd think you're proficient anymore.
2: I can open it. I know how to open it. I do
1: I did like that we it sounds like we have a our first official sponsor. No disrespect to Fonzi Castillo, friend of the program, but HiFi Productions coming in hot i mean you know still still working on bro storm with boulevard but it's a good first step for the program
0: yeah absolutely and uh on the topic of spreadsheets just a little teaser for later scott did make a super nerdy spreadsheet for our best bets segment and we went five and one this week yeah fair enough
1: uh, <laughs> nfl takeaways um all right, I uh, I didn't pull a bunch of stats this week, um, actually on purpose because our Nerd Wallet sponsorship didn't come through. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna play a little bit off of off of what we've been talking about the last couple of weeks. I would say that, so. Last year, the one glaring difference between the two conferences, NFC and and AFC, was that in the AFC you had all these young quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert. Um, and it feels like all of them came of age. kind of like when AFC teams were trying to figure out how to compete with Tom Brady and drafting young quarterbacks. And then in the NFC, you had all the old guys, um, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford at the time, Matt Ryan. And so there was a really big difference between the age quarterbacks um, last year. And it, and it brings me into the way I was thinking about games coming out of this weekend is the AFC is starting to make a lot of sense to me. Um, we saw, so the Bills were off, right? But the Bills are 5-1. and one. Everyone feels like they're the best team in the league. We saw the Chiefs hammer the 49ers. Um, we saw the Bengals, shout out to interim Pease pick, but we saw the Bengals hammer the Falcons. Um, and we saw the Ravens beat the Browns. I kind of feel like the top of the AFC looks pretty clear to me. You got Bills, Chiefs, um, Bengals, Ravens, and they all have good quarterbacks. There's no weird shit happening, right? Like Taylor Heineke beating anyone, even Bailey Zappi last tonight. So you got Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow. Um, All's right with the AFC. And I think it's because they have players of normal age. Um, In the NFC, we talked about it last week, they just kept catching up with the NFL, but things are still haywire. Um, the one good team we know, the Eagles, they were off this week, right? So we're not going to talk about them. But man, Brady looks bad. Rogers looks bad. I, like I do, I cannot. And and yes, I'm angry at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because I had a four team money line parlay with the Chiefs, Raiders, Cowboys, and Bucks. And all the Bucks had to do was not lose to the Panthers. Right. When they 13 minus 13. Yeah. 13 point favorites. Um, I like it, it just makes no sense to me, but I, but the only thing I can think of is like, they're they're that Like, I think both of them should be, you, you call it, it both of them should be out of the league next year. Like the, like the, um, the Buccaneers look terrible and the Packers look even worse. Um, so that, I mean, that, that's kind of my takeaway is like, get your young quarterback and get them now so you can come, so things can be normal in the in the NFL cuz cuz in the AFC they are in the NFC they're still not
0: yeah it's the the brady thing's really interesting because i, I was talking about this earlier today and it, it sounds really simplistic and almost stupid to say but the only way to go out on top is to go out on top meaning like if you stick around long enough you're always gonna go out as a washed version of yourself and with Tom Brady like he had a chance a couple of years ago to go out as a Super Bowl champ uh he didn't uh he had a chance last year to go out as like a a high-end playoff team that that lost a tough game to the Rams as Scott opens a boulevard um and and he (laughs) didn't and now like he's eventually gonna be washed like the the, the, the only guy I can think of that was like completely beyond his usefulness that still somehow went out on top was Peyton Manning because like his his tank was emptied, but he still somehow won a Super Bowl this last year, but he was just in an incredible situation around him and he, he found a way to do it. And I don't hold, hold that against Peyton Manning because how many times was he the best quarterback in the league and his defense sucked. So I'll, I'll let him have his second Super Bowl. But that's that's what we're seeing with brady i think like eventually everybody their skills deplete and he's 45 years old rogers i think is a completely different situation rogers just i don't think like really wants to play football anymore and i don't think you're going to see him like hanging around until his skills deplete and I, I i think there's a world we live in where there is no brady no rogers and at this point maybe no matt ryan next year like if your team has made the decision that Sam Ellinger is going to be their starting quarterback in lieu of you, it might be time to hang him up as well. So, and then you look at retirements from the last couple of years: Breeze, Roethlisberger, Rivers. There's a whole generation that's going to be gone, maybe by next year.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, we've been talking about the 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 Brady Cliff for at least oh, yeah. seven years now, right? Like, I, like I can remember back in when they beat the Chiefs. In the, like Mahomes' first year starting in the AFC Championship game um, in overtime, like people were like early on in that year, people are people are talking about how like every single year Brady's got to fall off a cliff and he just never did. So I think now the fact that it's happening, it's kind of shocking to yeah. us. I, I will I will say that um, I think what's going on in Tampa Bay is a an example of where coaching really matters, right? Because um, they wanted Bruce Arians out he clearly was like doing some work to hold Tom Brady accountable. And he's also a really good offensive mind. You bring Todd Bowles in and, and it's kind of falling apart. Um, and I, you know, I hate to use this. So you got Byron left, which is the offensive coordinator. Clearly Bruce Arians in partnership with him made a big difference there. And I think it's a very similar analogy to what the chiefs have going on is like Andy Reid is clearly a offensive genius, right? Like I, I think if you took Andy Reid away, the enemy would probably struggle. Um, and so, coaching is really important. I think the Bucks are, Bucks are finding that out firsthand. Yeah. The the you you brought it up, but the Packers is just weird. Like I get it; he lost his best receiver. Like so did Mahomes. So did the Chiefs. Like it it, it doesn't. You you still shouldn't be losing to the Jets, the Giants, and the Commanders three weeks in a row. Um, And literally, like you can't move the ball at all, and you can't throw a good ball to your receiver. So it just the the Packers one's kind of confusing to me.
0: Yeah, and the on the Brady Cliff thing, it, it goes all the way back to when Alex Smith was still starting for the Chiefs, and they beat him like really bad on a Monday night. Um, I believe Kareem Hunt's first year, and everyone was like, "Is Brady done?" It ended up going to the Super Bowl that year, anyways and has won like four Super Bowls since then. So everybody was wrong, but the Arians point is a really good one. It's, it's beyond the offensive genius side of things too. I think the other point that you made is the bigger one, which is who's holding Tom Brady accountable. Like does Arians let him leave for 11 days during training camp? Does Arians let him go to Robert Kraft's wedding? I I don't know. Like Arians didn't seem to have like, a Tom Brady worship syndrome and he was willing to tell him what he needed to tell him. And I feel like that, that might not be the case in Tampa Bay right now.
1: I do feel like we should have intern P reach out to nerd wallet and, and some of the advanced metrics experts here and figure out if there's any correlation with um, like relationship issues and aging quarterback play. Um, cause there, there's something fishy with, with the Brady Giselle situation with Aaron Rodgers' relationship ending this summer, they both seem very flustered. So I wouldn't have thought that'd be such a big deal, but, um, I feel like we need to have someone look into it. Can you handle that intern P?
2: Yeah, I'm doing it right now. Um, I actually don't even know what nerd wallet is, so I'm looking that up right now. Um, <laughs> hey, what is that? <laughs> I think we're. I think I'm aging myself here because I've never even heard of it. I've heard you guys talk about I it. Mean, but.
0: Essentially, it's just the place that tells you what credit card to get. Uh, but it's also a fun thing to say. I Scott's angling for a
1: sponsorship from. Yeah, I She's do. I do think. I, I do think Google would tell you what what NerdWallet was. It's I'm neither on, here I'm nor on there. It right now. Just right. reach yeah, out to. Him.
0: Scott. Do you have any other takeaways from the NFL? Because we went kind of long on the NBA stuff. So if you don't have anything else, I feel like we can get into best bets pretty soon.
1: My last one was that my favorite moment of the week happened on Thursday with Kyler Murray like furiously yelling at Cliff Kingsbury. I feel like we have to make fun of the Cardinals every week because they give us really good content. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you saw that, but Kyler Murray was yelling at Cliff Kingsbury like he was a combination of his dad and or his son. That is clearly not a healthy relationship. Um, they won, but only because Andy Dalton somehow threw two pick sixes. Yeah. So anyways, that that was was like
0: my takeaway from that game is somehow the Cardinals managed to trick everybody into thinking they're good again, but essentially they just got two pick sixes in the last two minutes of the first half and they were playing Andy Dalton. So there's no way he was going to bring the saints back from two scores down.
1: Also, Kenny Pickett's small hands clearly not good
2: for throwing to his own players. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree he'll more. He'll figure it out. He'll figure it out. I like him. I think he's going to be good. Mm. I don't That's, know. Like, It's funny there. because
0: we make fun of the small hands, and I'll get us out of here on this, but like, a lot of his <laughs> – he throws balls that flutter out often
1: out of his two gloves. I, so, I'm serious about the small hands.
2: Fair enough. You're very passionate about it. I, I like it.
0: Speaking of small hands, two people on this set were perfect in their bets last week. One guy who probably has smaller hands than Kenny Pickett screwed the pooch with his Monday night pick. We'll find out who on the other side of the break. Welcome back into BroStorm Sports, where we make picks and make you money. And that brings us into our best bet segment for the week. We're going to give Pearson three picks this week to make up for me disqualifying his beer pong championship win with Scott earlier in the week. But I do have it on good authority that Pearson was playing some more beer pong this weekend and did quite well, got quite cocky. But I'm still not going to give him any victories for that. So before we get into our picks this
1: week, Scott's going to give us a little recap on how last week went down. I have it on good authority that it frequently... Um attended establishment Emerson Biggins on the west side of Wichita hosted a few Chiefs fans yesterday gave out shots for um, every Chiefs touchdown the Chiefs scored 44 points against the Niners that's maybe well why, why intern P is moving a little slow today is that accurate Sasha that sounds accurate I, I, I think you use
0: the term gave out loosely like Sasha bought shots from them every time the Chiefs scored a touchdown, and intern Pete took them. But, yes, everything else oh, in that sense was accurate. I thought they were free. No, uh, I'm sorry. I told you in the break, I you probably thought I said free. They were $3 shots.
1: Uh, three. Three, ah, uh, yeah. Got it. Basically, free. $3 shots. But Sasha's still paying for intern Pete's drinks.
2: Yes, he is. It's the I, well, Hey, I just don't have any money, dude. If I did, I'd buy them
1: intern p seems to be
0: negotiating his salary on air is that are we going to allow that (laughs) yeah nope moving
1: on um all right we so it's a very very proud week at bro storm sports we started off our picks slow um i think the first week that we did this we went one in five or one in four uh we're five and one this week um and if and if Bailey Zappy and Bill Belichick wouldn't have screwed me tonight, we would have been six and zero. Um, so just a quick rundown. Sasha's right. I did build a spreadsheet, um, to track all of our picks for the season. So quick rundown of how we did. Sasha was two and zero. He picked the Commanders to cover five and a half against the Packers. That the Commanders won outright. Um, he picked the Chiefs to cover three against San Francisco. Chiefs won 44 to 23 in a landslide. Um, in term P, although one and four coming into the week, also won both of his game picks. So he picks the Jets plus three against the Broncos. Um, the Jets won that outright, and he picked the Bengals minus six against the Falcons, who had been six and oh against the spread. Um, going into this week, I will just tell you in continued um, form of me being an idiot. I decided to fade interns pick from my own personal account this week. I took the Falcons to cover six and a half. They did not. Um, and then I was one and one. I took the Jets Broncos under, which was at 42 and a half. Once Russell Wilson uh, did not start, it went down to 39. They still went way, way under that. So won that pick. And then I picked the Patriots to cover seven and a half against the beers bears tonight. Um, and they lost miserably. So that puts us at five and one as a team on the week Um, overall for the year. Sasha's six and two. So if you were to bet with Sasha um, and again, I think last week you said you'd made people hundreds of thousands of dollars. um, You'd be doing pretty damn good. I am three and five on the year and then intern P is three and four. So I think that puts me in last place.
0: Yeah, we'll get uh, P back to an even number this week. I, I, I feel like I'm moving some lines in Vegas with my picks now. So I have to be very careful how I do this. Um, as a matter of fact, I mean, there's
1: enough people listening to us at this point.
0: Yeah. As a matter of fact, I, I'm pretty sure I said that that Broncos jets line was going to move at the time that Pearson made the pick and it ended up as a pick Now, granted that included Russell Wilson, not playing, but that honestly should have moved it in the Broncos favor a little bit. So the fact that it ended up as a pick I was right about that as well. But uh, who wants to
2: go first this week? I'd say interim P. All right, I'll go first. Sounds good. So uh, for my first pick, I'm going back to the Bengals, minus three at the Browns. I think they looked really, really good. I think Joe Burr is just going to sling it around this next week as he's been doing. I think I I said it last week, but the Super Bowl hangover is over. I mean, they're looking very, very solid this year. And then my second pick is going to be the Ravens at the Bucks. Ravens minus two. Um, the Bucks, we all saw it, did not look good. Tom Brady's washed. Um, Lamar, he's he's playing well as well. He's uh, very quick, and I like him. And then for my last pick, it's going to be Vikings, Cardinals. Uh, Vikings minus three and a half. Uh, I know you hate Cliff Kingsbury, which is fine. So I know you love this pick. Uh, the Vikings might win by seven, actually. Maybe maybe fourteen. I don't know, but the Vikings minus three and a half. I'm
1: extremely torn because I also hate Kirk Cousins.
2: Oh no! Oh no!
1: But they're five and one. I also am wondering if you if you said Tom Brady is washed to Giselle when you're when you're trying to
2: DM her or I've been chirping her, but she still hasn't got back to me yet. So.
1: What is, uh, whoa, you, whoa 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 what does chirping mean
2: just like like a bird you know how they <laughs> chirp <laughs> like it's like is that, a, just, is that a thing is it all yeah, twitter like, no it's just a chirp i chirp people all the time just our friend roman does too he was uh getting getting electric with it but yeah chirping's uh you should learn it it's fun it's really fun to chirp does
1: it apply if you're married with three kids
2: Yes, dude. Anybody can chirp. Anyone can chirp. You need to put that in your bag. You need to get that in your repertoire. repertoire. I'll tell you who chirps a
1: lot. We got a new bro stormer, Jake. Jake, make sure you got that one. Anyone can chirp. Antonio Brown. That's how you
0: get Giselle Pearson. Tell her your personal friends with Antonio Brown.
2: (laughs) I'll hit him up, too. His DMs are pretty open, so... (laughs) He will reply to you. He's got nothing to do by he tweet. Might, he might reply. I
1: I wanted to quote some of Antonio Brown's tweets this week, but it's I don't think they're. We'd have to mark our content explicit, so I think I'll refrain.
0: Good idea, Scott. Do you want to see? I'm I've got some picks in mind, but I'm going to try to not pick any of the games that you guys pick. So, do you want to go first, or do you want me to go?
1: Yeah, I'll go first. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I I didn't see a ton of stuff that I was really excited about this week. Mostly because it's a lot. There's a lot of division games, uh, and I never trust betting on division games with close lines that much. Um, I was also intern p looking at um, the Ravens box, but I but like it being on Thursday night really. I don't know. It's a it's a bit of a wild card and Tom Brady being a home underdog with them in a bit of a desperate situation just makes me a little bit nervous. Um so so I couldn't get there. I'm actually going to bet uh, both of mine on overs and unders this week. Um so I'm going to you, you guys are going to love this. I'm going the lunder down under.
2: Oh, bring, let's in, go, bring it go it's back. Bring it Bring
1: it. That, that's the lunder l-o-u-n-d-r bringing it back um the broncos have really not failed me yet on taking the under so broncos are playing the jags in london the over under set at 39 on DraftKings last time i looked i did this last week I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it again six of the seven broncos games have gone under this year let me just read you the totals for both teams in those games 33, 35, 21, 21, 35 in overtime against the Chargers, and 25. Um, So they're really good at going under. Brett Rippon most likely will be under center again, but it doesn't matter. It will go under Russell Wilson's under center. And their defense is really good. I think teams are averaging like 15 points a game against them, and they're still 2-5. and So I'm taking Broncos at Jags under. Okay. You know who's
0: dead worst? In red zone offense this year in the NFL, who's that? Broncos, Mm -hmm. which I feel like is an underrated stat because like every NFL team can move the ball between the twenties. It's all about punching it in for sure.
1: I I, it was I mean this is a couple weeks ago at this point, but I think I told you that I think after that Colts game, Russell Wilson was two for eighteen passing in the red zone. I blacked out during that game because intern P was whooping my ass in beer pong, but I still
2: remember that. Sorry, I know you feel bad when you come back. You can get your redemption. Yeah, I will. That was
0: the upset of the year.
2: Um, Scott right.
1: being the first Second. one on the
0: podcast to black out.
1: All right, moving. I don't, I don't, I think I'm just the only one open enough to talk about it. Moving on. Um, next one I'm taking is uh, Raiders at Saints and I'm taking the over 48.5. Um, it so you have to go back four games for one of these teams not to have blown through the over so let me read you the the saints totals for the last four games 76 points 56 71 and 53 and then the raiders totals for the last four games 58 59 55 46 um the raiders offense is good they move the ball against pretty much anyone Uh, they played the Texans this week and scored 38 points. The Texans held the Jaguars to nine points two weeks ago. So the Raiders always score a lot of points. Um, The Saints' defense is pretty atrocious. Andy Dalton or James Winston, it really doesn't matter. They're both sure to throw a couple pick sixes, but they can also both move the ball um, and have good receivers, good weapons. Um, And so I'm going over Raiders Saints over 48 and a half.
2: All right, Scott's got... uh... Raiders are already at 47 and a, half. 47 and a half now it closed. I just checked. I'm putting them all in a parlay to see I'll, if we can. I'll take get it get at forty seven and a half. Get some real all money going. All right. I got some picks.
0: So the first uh the first two games that a, lot, a lot of pressure, me, Sasha. Yeah, I know. I'll be all right. The first two games that jumped out at me, I feel like are unfair to take because these are the lines going into the night and it was the two teams that were involved in Monday night tonight. So, like, Patriots at Jets had Patriots minus 2.5, and I'm assuming after the way the Patriots looked tonight, like, that line's definitely going to move, although Brees Hall's out for the Jets, which is a big hit. Um, So I would definitely take the Jets in that. And then Bears at Cowboys. The Cowboys are 10.5-point favorites, but the Bears looked a lot better tonight. But I'm going to leave those two games out of it because I'm assuming... The lines are going to change quite a bit after one more result tonight. So I'll go elsewhere. Uh, I'm going to go with the Niners in a bounce back. Uh, the Niners had the the best scoring and yards per game defense in the league, or I think uh, best scoring in second and yards per game going into that Chiefs game. And the Chiefs just embarrassed them. And I think their defensive line is 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 going to want to get out for revenge. Uh, the Rams have had a lot of O-line problems this year. Noteboom hasn't been quite the fill-in for Whitworth that they were expecting. Um, the Rams' offense hasn't looked good. Cooper Cups basically their only weapon. Cam Akers is on his way out of town. Uh, so what can their running game do? The Niners are only point-and-a-half favorites um, over the Rams. Although... Rams coming off a bye scares me a little, but I'll go with the Niners there. And I'm going to go back. It, it's, it's the upset of the year that I'm going two weeks in a row to the commanders. Well, but I, I think the commanders are better with Taylor. Heineke playing quarterback than Carson Wentz to be honest. I, I think you're right. And they're three point dogs at the Colts who now officially have Sam Ellinger as their quarterback. Um, and if, Looked fairly pedestrian throughout the year. Uh, Colts are three-point favorites. So I'll go Commanders plus three to beat the Colts um, in the Commanders Colts. So I got Commanders and Niners. Feel free to make fun of me. All
1: right. I thought a lot about that Rams-Niners game. I actually was thinking about the other side with the Rams coming off a bye and being in a little bit desperate situation. Um, But I think the Niners are in the same spot, and they tend to have the Rams number. So yeah, I I like it. I, I, Colt, Colts, Commanders. I would just worry about the one game energy bump of having Sam Ellinger starting, like similar to what the Commanders got last week. To be clear, I'll be putting a lot of blind bid
0: dollars on Sam Ellinger in my Superflex league tomorrow. So,
1: <laughs> as we've learned, your quarterbacks are really good in your Superflex league. How How Jacoby do for you this week? Yeah, about ten. About ten. <laughs> he got the start. Uh, well you're six and two so i can make fun of you as much as as much as i want the listening public is making cash off of sasha all righty we're getting a little long in the tooth here so scott if you
0: got a couple quick hitters for us in the sports world give them to us and then we're going to get out of here let you guys
1: get on with your lives yeah i think the only thing we didn't talk about is one nfl trade deadline is approaching i think it's november 1st We'll hit that in more detail next week when we're recording on Halloween after the kids go to bed. Um, But some big trades: Christian McCaffrey to the Niners, James Robinson to uh, where'd he go? Jets. To replace James Robinson to the Jets after Brees Hall injury, Um, so there'll probably be a little bit more action this week on the trade deadline, and then baseball's happening. Uh, The NLCS and the ALCS are both over. They were uneventful. I'm not sure anyone watched, Um, but the Yankees got swept by the Astros and the Phillies beat the Padres. No one's paying attention to baseball. It's quite sad, Um, but yeah, I'm sure we'll talk World Series over the next couple weeks.
0: Absolutely. Hopefully some more state of baseball conversations coming your way in the very near future. We got some big things coming out on our social platforms. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, We're going to be... Doing some big things in the coming weeks on those. So make sure you give us a follow. If you've listened this long, you heard something you liked, get on get on your Spotify, your Apple Podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, give us a five star review. We appreciate you listening. Until next time, this has been Bro Storm Sports.
2: L I P I D I Z A T I O. That is
0: uh Lip- Pearson trying to spell lymphosizing, which is interesting. But fellas, but, I gotta Sasha, tell you. What, wait,
1: Sasha, what were you what were you doing before the show today? I gotta tell you,
0: before the show at like nine o'clock central time, I did a little trampoline workout just to give me a little boost of energy, keep me awake, keep me going. Because, you know, we get we get down about midnight central time on this pod. So I felt like I needed a little extra boost of energy and trampoline workouts are good for lymphesizing,
1: Scott. Wait, you did a trampoline workout like trampoline workout like when we were kids?
0: Yeah, like I bought a mini tramp, put it in my office and I jump on it from time to time. Intern P knows because he's in the basement right under the the jumping.
1: What the hell is it? What'd you say? Lymphesizing? Lymphesizing.
0: Yeah. Let me here. I'll get you guys. How do
1: you interpret? Can you spell that?
2: I don't know. Is it like, lipid, lymph- like
0: lymphatic
1: the fat, like the drainage, well-being,
0: detoxing, lymphocizing? Is simply the act of exercising to stimulate lymphatic flow. It's, I mean, I, I don't know what you guys don't understand about lymphocizing. Jeez, I didn't know this oh, was it's a Y L
2: Y M P. The
0: yeah, yeah, Pearson, you you yeah. were nowhere. Your your spelling of lymphocizing was phenomenal. First of all
2: this is the first time I've heard the
0: milestone (laughs) detox here. I got something on Google here.
1: Um, Who who, who knew in addition to Sasha being um, six and two in his picks, he's also a naturopath health lymphocizing expert. Ladies and gentlemen, Sasha Bushka.
0: Yeah. This has been a little bonus content for you. If you listened past the outro and you're hearing this right now, congratulations. You just wasted two minutes of your life. See you next time.